The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. When Christ was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, three times the Son of God used the Word of God against the enemy of God. And that, you know, Satan is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything, just as Dudley was saying. He will throw a lie at us, but he doesn't know if we'll believe it. Mm -hmm. We need to understand the power of the Word of God, and then we stand in the completed work of Christ. Next, join Sheila Walsh and Dudley Hall, along with James and Betty, to learn how to start living amazed. Welcome to Life Today. Thank you so much for joining us. And I know you're going to continue to be blessed as we talk about spiritual warfare. I'm Betty and this is James. Well, in the book Living Amazed, which is the way God wants us to live, if you look at the first four chapters of Acts, it'll be a great study for you. Over and over, the amazement of the people at the power of God is revealed. And I've had the joy of living amazed. Betty has. And one of the things that's so important to people is how to win in the area of spiritual warfare. The invisible realm has such powerful effect on the visible realm, but it's largely ignored and that simply won't work. So what we're sharing with you is gonna help you find the way to absolute victory in Christ. Doesn't mean, and here, please understand this, it's not freedom from the fight or the battle, it's freedom in the battle. To learn to stand and learn to stand together. We need one another. Be blessed as you watch the Living Amaze series, and I pray with all my heart, you find the freedom our Father freely offers through the truth that sets us free. I thank you, and uh, welcome to Life Today. We've been talking about uh, Living Amaze ever since the book uh, came out. I've been trying to help people understand that I've lived amazed, and that's not supposed to be the odd thing, and it wasn't written to amaze you at how I've lived amazed. Now, we have been talking for several days, several weeks if you're watching, about the fact that we are following a father of lies, Satan, of dissension, division, destruction, and death. And remember the most religious people Jesus talked to when he said, if you abide in me, and get that, this is in John 8, 31 and 32, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, you'll know the truth. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. His truth. What did they say when Jesus said the truth will make you free? They said, we are the children of Abraham, and we've never been in bondage to anybody. Give me a break. When were they not in bondage to somebody? They were in bondage not only to Herod, but to Caesar while they're talking. The whole exodus is about a people in bondage. And God said he brought them out to bring them in. He didn't just get them out of Egypt. He had to get Egypt out of them. He delivered them from the power of the world and delivered them from the spirit of the world. And he wanted to move them out of doubt and fear and walking around in circles, seeing his miraculous provisional power. He wanted them to enter into promised land living. That's his desire for every Christian. He wants to free us from the power of the world so that we don't receive the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. And then God begins to teach us his truth, his word. 
not just to carry it in the scrolls or in a leather-bound book, but in our hearts, bind it up in our hearts so that it carries us. The Word can carry you rather than you just carrying it. That's what he was looking for. But if you read Nehemiah, and especially chapter 9, you will see that they had entered in, but they didn't keep the commands of God. They began to worship the blessings. They worshiped the idols, and they found themselves defeated. And they even said in the ninth chapter and 36th verse, look at us, we're in the promised land, but we're prisoners in the land you gave us. We're slaves in the promised land. Sadly, that's where most Christians live. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about right now Christians being set free from the bondage and the lies of the enemy who's accusing you continually and telling you you're disqualified. He's a liar. And God's grace is sufficient. Jesus paid it all. He paid the price. He fulfilled everything that God required. And he pours out on us life and salvation freely. But we're in a battle. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 6. In the 6th chapter, verse 10, be strong in the Lord the strength of his might, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. You're in a battle here. A lot of people think freedom is escape from the battle. No, you are freed to the battle. You go as sheep in the midst of wolves with the watch care of the shepherd who can scatter every predator and kill a lion and a bear to defend you. He didn't send you out defenseless. He just wants you to know where you're going. And the enemy is a liar and he's crafty and he's a schemer and he wants to take you captive. I want all of you to get this. Everyone in this room right here with me in the studio, all of you get this and all of you at home. Satan's fury is focused on the church. He's already got the lost. The children of the devil, he's got them. And, and Satan cannot possess a Christian, but he can harass you, he can torment you, he can distract you, he can deceive you, and he can defeat you, and that's his intention. He is attacking the purpose, the kingdom purpose of God in your life. The fury of, of Satan is focused on the church, on the family of God, to totally destroy God's purpose, kingdom purpose in and through you. That's what he's focused on. Understand that. So if you focus on fulfilling the kingdom purpose of God, to be salt and light, to love your neighbor, to love your enemies, to speak the truth, never let the light be hidden, put it on a lampstand, don't ever be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation to all who believe it and receive. So understand what's going on. You need an armor to resist the schemes of the devil. And don't miss this, for our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with rulers. And that doesn't just mean legislators, folks. That means spiritual rulers, okay? Doesn't just mean people in Washington. Against the powers, against world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places, therefore take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm. One of the greatest mistakes Christians make is when the enemy knocks them down, they tend to stay down, especially if they're knocked down several times. You've got to make a commitment. Every one of you in this studio, look up here, look, look in my eyes right now. You make up your mind that no matter how many times I get knocked down, I'm getting up. Amen. I won't stay down. I believe when you stay down is when you commit the sin unto death. I believe you have committed to be defeated until you die. You just bought the lie. And then you got the horrible bondage that comes from coming in agreement with the devil. I'm getting up. And get up and suit up 
and stand up and having stood, stand firm and ask other people to stand with you. One of the greatest needs we have in the church is for us to be able to have brothers to stand with us. This is the way we're supposed to be as the family of God. So understand we need each other because we're warring against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. We need the full armor of God and we need to stand firm. And there are all the aspects of the armor of God. Just look at that. Pray over that. Suit up in that armor. I want you to look at the battle that the great Christian Paul was in. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You will never escape the battle. Y'all all agree that Saul of Tarsus, Paul the apostle, was a great Christian? And he was won to Christ by a great Christian Stephen. When Stephen was dying, Saul of Tarsus saw the living Jesus in the dying Stephen. Because Stephen prayed just like Jesus, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And I'm telling you, that moved on Saul of Tarsus until Jesus stepped in in person and they had the Damascus Road encounter and Saul of Tarsus was totally transformed by the power of God. I really believe if Christians will be as committed to God as Stephen was, I mean sold out to him, that where we don't reach someone, I believe Jesus will step in and encounter people face to face. That's what needs to happen to the Muslim world and Muslim leaders. And we need to pray for that. They believe very much in dreams. Just pray, God, give the whole Islamic world dreams. Let them see you for who you are in power and set them free. Set everyone free from bondage. Pray like that. Pray that God will open the eyes of the unbelieving so that they'll be saved. But look what happened to this great Christian. Verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12, and because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me to keep me from exalting myself. We don't know what the thorn in the flesh is, but I think most of us could perhaps take comfort that I have a particular battle. Maybe that's my thorn. But the point is, God can remove the thorn. God can remove any obstacle, but sometimes he will use the buffeting the lies to keep us on our knees depending on him. The enemy has never stopped accusing me. Dudley Hall, you've been in ministry a long time. And you know a lot of really effective Christians and you've been a really effective teacher. Have you ever known the enemy to suddenly leave people alone when they're effective in walking with God? Not one. Not one. You know some good Christians, right? I do. You know Sheila, right? I do. <laughs> you know Betty. Yeah. All right, Sheila, tell me. Has the enemy ever left you alone? Not for a single moment. I think as long as you have a pulse and there's not a white chalk mark around your body, battle on. <laughs> if you're this side of the grass, yep. battle's on. <laughs> Betty, has he ever left you alone? Never, never. Well, you're and so why sweet. God... Why would he bother you? <laughs> he waits for every opportune moment, you know, in a that, week. That's what he did with Jesus. If, he, if after he's tempted Jesus and Jesus has defeated him perfectly with the Word of God in every instance, and yet he went away to look for a more opportune time. Hey, I'm telling you. Yeah. Can, can I break in a second? You sure can. Why, why does the devil hate us so? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm a likable guy. Remember John Wimber used to say, I'm nice. I'm a nice, <laughs> nice guy. guy. Well, we go back to the Garden of Eden and, and God had created humans to be a reflection of God. Satan does hate God. And so he jumps on the humans because they are to do the work of God. And... Uh, after the fall, there was a prophecy given. God gave a prophecy and said, 
There's coming a time in the future when the seed of woman will crush the head of Satan. Satan does not have foreknowledge. He has been hating humans ever since because <laughs> he doesn't know when that one was going to be born. And so we have Pharaoh killing all the firstborn because hell is thinking, uh, this could be the time when that when that seed comes up here, so we'll just kill all the all the kids. And then, of course, when uh, in the time when Jesus was born, Herod did the same thing. Let's kill all the kids because this could be the time that's a seed. Look, everybody we're talking to here is a seed <laughs> of, of Christ <laughs> who is that seed. Mm -hmm. And God has a destiny and a purpose for every one of us. And it is to reflect God's image in this world. And Satan has come against us and will come against us trying to stop us from being that reflected image of God. We have to stand in the victory that Jesus has already defeated the principality. <laughs> hey, man, you hear that? And the enemy will keep us from doing that. And the enemy will tell you you can't do it. And he's a liar. So just call him who he is and start standing. But notice Paul was there in the battle and, and look how he dealt with it. He said, I asked the Lord three times to get it to go away. I don't know. I may, I feel like I've asked sometimes 50 times. How about you? But that the enemy just keeps coming at us. But his grace, verse nine, is sufficient for you. And his power is perfected in the weakness. And in our weaknesses, he's made strong. And we need to see that. It's amazing what God does with a yielded vessel that feels so weak and inadequate. And that I feel like I qualify as weakest of all. And yet God has done so many miraculous things that I could write living amazed because you can live amazed. But understand, he's not leaving you alone. Now look what Peter said. Go to 1 Peter 5, 8. And then look what Peter said about the enemy because he is like a roaring lion. I mean, he is coming at you. He doesn't stop. He doesn't give up. Uh, he is relentless in, in his assault. Verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. Cast your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Be sober and be alert. Be aware that the enemy is looking for an opportune time to attack. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, but resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of grace who calls you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And to him be the dominion and the glory forever. God wants to establish us in Christ adequate to withstand the schemes of the devil. Sheila, share with us something on your heart about the importance of us coming to a place as Christians till we so yield ourselves to God that we discover the victory that only he can provide. One of the things that I've learned, one of the most important things I've learned is that you cannot know the will of God if you don't know the word of God. Because when you think when, when Christ was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, three times the Son of God used the Word of God against the enemy of God. And that, you know, Satan is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything, just as Dudley was saying. He will throw a lie at us, but he doesn't know if we'll believe it. And that's why we need to have this. We have, need to have scripture in us. Like I wrote down a few. You feel condemned, Romans 8, 1. So now there is no condemnation None. for those in Christ Jesus. You feel defeated, Philippians 4, 13. I can do 
everything through Christ who gives me strength. Mm -hmm. We need to understand the power of the Word of God, and then we stand in the completed work of Christ. Amen. Betty, anything you want to share before we pray with everybody here? Well, I just know that my God loves me, and His Word is a treasure for my heart. And I may not have it all memorized, and I, probably for a purpose, because I need to go to it to be refreshed, because I can go to the Scripture, have something underlined, and go and read it again and again and again, and it refreshes my heart. And I see something that I didn't see before. And God's, God is so precious. He's so gentle with our hearts and our spirits. He teaches us as we're growing. He doesn't get ahead of us. He grows, lets us grow through His Word, and, and He doesn't give us too much to try to take in. He just gives us what we need, and I, I guess that's what blesses me so much, that His Word is such a treasure to my heart that I can, I can trust it, but more than that, it's not just the words on the pages. It's the words that He plants in my heart and in my life and how He makes it alive as I live each day. It's not just having the words, but it's living the Word. And that's what has become so precious to me. And, and I'll tell you something else that Betty has done as she has journaled. And uh, she's written things, and they become a treasure to her. And oftentimes, she'll go back and, and read to me. I hope you'll make that a pattern in your life. I, uh, While I was studying today, I, I reached over in the flap of, of one of my Bibles and I, I just saw some notes and I, I, I picked up the notes and all of a sudden there were tears coming to my eyes. What I picked up that brought tears to my eyes was what is probably the last sermon our daughter ever heard her dad preach in person. It was the graduation of her oldest son from high school. And I remembered what my daughter said after I had preached and I saw these notes and they're precious to me. When we got home, she said, Dad, you sure can deliver. Precious words. What did I deliver? The love of God, the word of God. The daughter that I dedicated the book Living Amazed to heard it. It's a precious memory. I want to tell you something. Our daughter is alive forever, but she spread life every moment that she lived. And she got to hear her dad preach the graduation for her son, her oldest son. What a precious memory. A dad that was defeated and set free by the same Jesus that leads us out of bondage to lead us into fullness and fruitfulness of the Spirit. Father, I pray that for every person watching this program, that they will find the freedom that only you can offer. And they too will have precious memories and peace that passes understanding in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray with all my heart you experience that freedom. Galatians 5.1 is for freedom. Christ set us mm -hmm. free. And you know, Betty, when we find freedom, we want to share it. When we're blessed, we want to bless others. One of the greatest blessings that Betty and I have ever experienced is reaching out and touching someone with the love of God, someone that thought no one would ever notice. 
What's happening in Africa and especially in South Sudan is one of the most horrible sights in human history. Right now, the UN is reporting that we may be facing the greatest crisis of starvation since the UN was founded. So that means like more than 50 years ago. It is, it is critical. And, and I want you to look and, and please, I mean, with, with the eyes of Jesus, I want you to look in on the setting, knowing that the love of God flowing through us is the solution. Please, please be a channel of blessing through which God can freely flow a miracle of his transforming love. Watch closely and realize you are the answer. You really are, watch. Deep in the heart of Africa, there's a crisis. In the developing nation of South Sudan, fighting has continued and driven thousands from the only homes they've ever known. Food shortages and malnutrition are problems that Life Outreach has seen before. Since the day these children were born, they've known nothing but a country at war. They've known nothing but living in a situation where every day is a fight for food. It's an existence of pain, suffering and sorrow. Not a life of joy, not a life of excitement, not a life of anticipation. We're here. We've made the arduous journey to get to this child so that we can win the war against starvation and save this precious child's life. Through the compassion of viewers, millions of lives have already been saved by our mission feeding program. No child should be held back in their lives because they didn't get the food, the, the nourishment they needed when they were small. I mean, if it's a long enough period, they never recover from it. And that's the whole kind of nucleus of the meaning of, of stepping in in the name of Jesus and helping these kids. Today I'm sitting here in South Sudan. I've met a lot of people here who have had to flee their villages. They've been driven from their homes. They still have a challenge of daily eating and survival. They need food. These children are on the brink of mass starvation. They're in urgent need of the same proven solution that's already saved so many. Help us set an example of the difference God's people can make in a suffering world. Help us save a child's life. And with all my heart, I believe you want to. Betty, I want you to pray that God will enable me to communicate his heart to our viewers. Please, please listen to me. You, you really are the answer to someone's prayer. You're the miracle. Miracles still happen. And, and God says that he wants to shape us to be a vessel of honor. That's what the master potter does. He wants a family through whom he blesses the families of the world. Well, that would certainly include the famished. Love speaks louder than words when it's in action. When we love not just in word, but in deed. I'm telling you, I have watched the miracle of God's love flowing through people just like you. You can look at those missionaries. You can listen, listen to Peter Pretorius or Ralph Doan, our mission overseer who goes all over the world overseeing our incredible outreaches. And you see those people and say, well, thank God for them. They would not be there. No matter how much compassion they're filled with, you send them, you keep them there, and you give them the wherewithal to be the miracle those people need. We can save their lives. We can point them to Jesus. It works. It changes everything. 
Would you right now please go online or would you dial that number? Would you take your bank card and I mean use it like a check and make the greatest gift you can possibly make because you're in fact giving the greatest gift of all. You're giving people life. You're giving them a chance. Please right now, if you can give 30, 50 or $100 to touch the lives of three, five or 10 children and save them, if you could give $1,000 and change everything for 100 children, please do so. We're sending you some gifts to help you grow in your spiritual life, but you're becoming the miracle those people are desperate for. You are in fact, their only source of hope, their only source of help. Will you please be the answer, not only to their heart cry, but to the compassion that fills the heart of our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Please make the gift God put on your heart. In impoverished and even now famine-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face death by starvation. Life's Mission Feeding Program is ready. With your support, we're able to feed and care for children in famine areas of Sudan, as well as Angola and Mozambique. With all of our previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding facing the worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you my Daily Word devotional. This box set of four seasonal devotionals will help you read, reflect, and renew yourself through God's Word with space to journal your thoughts and reflect each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive Carrie Job's newest music project, The Garden, along with the Story Behind the Garden companion DVD. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Determined Eagle, our 2017 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. I'm praying for many of you to give $1,000 or more and get this incredibly beautiful bronze, the Determined Eagle. We also will be sending you for your own devotional life, the uh, seasonal devotional, fabulous, Carrie Job, the garden and the story of it. And if you, you know, we've been talking about living amazed, even amazing freedom. If you'd like to have the book Living Amazed and you just help us give amazing grace to these precious children and their families, just ask for the book if you'd like to have it. We'll be glad to send it to you. So Betty and I join together in saying thank you so much for your help, for your love. God bless you.
Join this tender moment with Kay Warren tomorrow. I can tell you that we were devastated and are devastated, but we are not destroyed. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.